welcome to Ultiverse of Q, your guide to the ultimate universe. Now in podcast form, I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're talking about... Talking about all sorts of things. Got your X-Men, some Captain American Black Panther, some Hulk, and of course, some friendly neighborhood Ultimate Spider-Man. Heck yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a pretty loaded in terms of content episode. And pretty loaded in terms of wild range of quality. Oh yeah, I mean we're we're getting everything from Shadow King to Mysterio. Uh, and speaking of Shadow King, up first we have Ultimate X Men number eighty nine, Shadow King, written by Robert Kirkman, with art by Salvador La Roca, color by Stéphane Peru, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And what a unsatisfying ending to the whole Shadow King thing they'd been building to. Oh, it was super much of a letdown. Yeah, because uh, it had been sort of Storm's B plotline where she was writing a story and having nightmares and writing those nightmares into the story and called it the Shadow King. And then it turns out that after they killed Dr. Cornelius, who spliced himself with Wolverine G- with Wolverine DNA and also made Wolverine clones, it's just like, oh, hey, it's me, the Shadow King, your former boyfriend, Amal Farouk Storm. And uh, remember when we were in a motorcycle gang with Yuriko? Well, now I'm back uh, because you electrocuted me and put me in a coma when you didn't understand your powers. And I want to kill you. Oh, but please do not bring up the fact that I was cheating on you, and... yeah. And now I'm going to team up with the Brood. Yeah, who are just psychic planes, uh, who are like psychic creatures on... They call it the Mindscape. And also, Sleepwalkers are there? Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's a lot of things that they threw that none of it sticks. And then at the end, Storm was like, oh, well, I guess I was just dating Wolverine because I like bad boys. But now I'm back to Beast because Beast is alive. And Beast I killed... is a good boy. And my ex-boyfriend is now dead again. The end. No moral. Nope. I mean, the art isn't bad, but yeah, what a nothing of a story. Uh, yeah, I typically like Salvador Lurica's art. Mm-hmm. Uh, alright, so other similarly nothing stories that we have is like why Xavier's cat is named Mystique. I don't think it's that bad, though. See, but that's a tough one. There was no build-up to <laughs> Mystique. <laughs> Oh no, there was a lot of build-up, uh, like as soon as true. we found out that Cat was named Mystique, and then that was just a big letdown. I mean, at least this had some moments. Um, it will at least affect uh, Storm going forward. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Sure. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to Date Night? 
Oh, not as good. I was going to say I actually thought it was more competent than Date Night. Uh, well, mm. how about between Date Night and Extracurricular? Sure. Once again, neither of us remembering what the stories are comes in handy. Just so many of these are named like nothing names. But uh, you know what is a <laughs> but you know what isn't a nothing name? Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, up next, we have Ultimate X-Men 90 through 93, written again by Robbie Kirks, with art by Salvador LaRocca, and then Harvey Talabao takes over for the last issue, with colors by Stéphane Peru again, until J. David Ramos takes over for colors in the last issue, and Joe Caramagna uh, letters all these. So we find out that Mr. Sinister escaped because Carol Danvers is just doing a really shitty job at running S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he faked his death, he escaped, and his whole thing before was he needed to kill ten mutants to summon Apocalypse, and he made his way down to the Morlock Tunnels, Nightcrawler recognized him, the X-Men started uh, tracking him, found him, he kills... Uh, Angel, ultimately, he also randomly has mind control powers because he's killed enough of them. He got that perk for killing a bunch of people. Oh, and, killstreak. Mm-hmm. And so Angel dies. Uh, Sinister gets beaten up, but then his body ascends and he turns into Apocalypse. And Wolverine is angry at Bishop for letting Angel die because it was part of Bishop's plan. And so he kills Bishop. Wolverine is like, hey, Dazzler, I know Angel was your boyfriend, but you should go and kill Apocalypse instead of dealing with your emotions in a healthy way. And they go up and Apocalypse is like, oh, hey, all of you are mutants. I can control you. So like Spider-Man and Kitty show up and Kitty is forced to attack Spider-Man. Fantastic Four try and get involved, but the X-Men attack them. S.H.I.E.L.D. and Carol Danvers arrive, and they they cannot do shit. And then two mysterious figures appear. These are Cable and Professor Xavier. And Cable had faked killing Professor Xavier so he could bring him to the future to train him? It was a big old training montage. Now, Professor Charles has ascended to, like, level 30. He's coming back to kick some ass. Mm-hmm. And Bishop was here training them in the present because that was their double Joker's trick. But uh, it, it, uh, but then Apocalypse is like, oh, hey, yeah, you think you can fight me? Uh, no, I can still resist all of your mind shit. And so Gene is like, oh, well, I guess I might as well turn myself into the Phoenix. And so she tears Apocalypse apart until he returns to being Mr. Sinister. And then it's like, hey, I'm the Phoenix now. I don't have to deal with all of this dumb shit where, like, Scott's in love with me and Professor Xavier's in love with me. I'm getting the fuck out of here. So she undoes the damage. Uh, everybody forgets what happened. Uh, Angel is restored to life. Bishop is still dead. And Xavier decides that he wants to help the Phoenix with whatever her mission is because then he thinks that she will put out for him. She does not heal everything because now Scott Summers is sad. She doesn't heal his broken heart. 
No, I mean, it's, is this better or worse than X-Men Age of Apocalypse, the movie, or X-Men 3 Rise, no, Age of Apocalypse, you know, the, the bad one where they were like, hey, Oscar Isaac, you're a popular actor, let's have you be Apocalypse, a nothing character. I would say Apocalypse the movie was better. Yeah, at least that had really good Jubilee. And yeah, all the stuff Jubilee around it. was great. Uh, As I keep uh, trying to tell people about the X-Men Apocalypse movies, like in terms of, it's actually probably the most X-Men of all movies. It's just like you had a very convoluted plot, shit that didn't make sense. Not enough fetish. That, that part's true. But it's just like, there's a lot of X-Men stuff happening there. That's a very X-Men type thing. Uh, but yeah, this is not a good story. I don't know, is it Sentinel's bad? Because, I mean, Sentinel's mostly set up everything to hang itself. This is like, oh, hey, remember how everybody loved Mr. Sinister when he pushed Xavier down the stairs, but then the rest of him just really sucked? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, I think this is worse than Sentinel's, but not Iron Man 1 through 5 bad. I would agree. So our new number, 107 on our list of 109, is X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, Robbie Kirks, you, you, you're, you're setting records here. And then those records are gonna get smashed! That's because at this stage in the game, he is writing some kick-ass Walking Dead and is now no longer focusing on anything else. Well, and also, we have a new player coming into the game. A writer. <laughs> you know him. You love him. <laughs> Jeff Loeb is in the house. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, so Ultimate Captain America Annual Number 1 had two stories in it. The first is Favorite Son, written by Jeff Loeb. Blah, blah, blah. With art by Marco Djurjevic, and then letters by Starkings, Comicraft, and Deshinzi. And we find out how, in this universe, when T'Challa went out to take the panther trial, he got mauled horribly by a panther. And his older brother's like, yeah, no, this was something that I should have done. Uh, I'm not giving you any of my blood. Dad, why did you hire Americans to fix our son? Why did you hire Weapon X, the people who made Wolverine what he was? Fuck you, I'm getting out of here. And then uh, T'Challa ended up being mute, but he somehow has a healing factor, enhanced strength, and claws, and then Nick Fury fucking steals him. And this is true hero of the story, M'Baku. Yeah, M'Baku was right. Oh, 100% right. <laughs> yeah, T'Chaka was very dumb here. Uh, this was a bad story. Oh. I, I, I like, think part of it might... Bad. I think part of it might be the chronological reading that we're doing sets this before Ultimates 3, and so, like, we have no idea who this Black Panther is, but, uh, yeah, I... <sighs> I don't know how 
bad it is, at least it's short. And when the Panther mauled him, it reminds me of that great Simpsons episode where the white tiger mauls the uh, the circus performers. Forrest and Gunther? Yeah. yeah. After he remembers them showing up in the jungle and trying to come and take him away. I thought you were going to say the one where they do the Treehouse of Horror Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, no, not that one. That one's good, too. Uh, all right. Is it better or worse than why Xavier's cat is named Misty? Worse. Uh, I I think it's better than Spider-Man Daredevil Punisher. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's not three issues long. Mm, fair. So then is it better or worse than Magical? Magical just was a whole bunch of deus ex machina shit. Like this, I, I think this is better than Magical because it makes sense in a way yeah so our new number 97 is ultimate captain america favorite son we then have ultimate captain america training day which was again written by jeff Loeb, with pencils by rafa sandoval inks by roger bonet colors by marte gracia and letters by comicraft but this time it's cats in america playing the denzel washington role That's fine, Luke. That's all the joke needed to be. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so we find out that Nick Fury was like, hey, Captain America, do you want Black Panther to join the team? And Captain America isn't certain. And then Captain I wonder America, why Captain America. He's racist. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, later, Thunderball, who has a big chain ball, tries to rob a bank. And Panther shows up and beats the hell out of him and Captain America. It's like, hey, why doesn't he speak? And why are your vocal cords so messed up? Nick Fury's like, oh, yeah, uh, his dad was racist against mutants. And when he turned out to be a mutant, his dad tortured him and threw him out of the country. And then after Nick Fury gets fired, Captain America is horny angry about Janet going back to Hank. And... Somehow Black Panther, for the first time, has the ability to use a computer in the years that he has been with, or, well, with the months that he has been with the team. And he's like, Black Panther wants to go home to Wakanda. Black Panther misses his dad. And Captain America's like, oh, okay. Uh, Nick Fury, who's apparently somehow still in charge of this team, Black Panther should be on the team. And so Captain America gets a Black Panther costume? And that Tony makes for him and drops T'Challa off in Wakanda. This could have been one, like, these two things could have been one story that was genuinely interesting mm -hmm. and it, it does not work. Like, why does he need to become a member of the team to be allowed to go home? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's worse than favorite son because all the choices here don't make a lot of sense correct uh i mean better or worse than i don't know if it's worse than ultimate iron no ultimate iron man 2 also made a lot of choices that don't make sense uh is it better or worse than ultimate adventures it is shorter mm-hmm 
So right under Ultimate Iron Man 2 and uh, above Ultimate Adventures? Yes, that sounds good to me. Jeff Loeb entering in uh, his second story at number 105. Uh, let's see if we can get lower. Devin, are you ready? <laughs> Why do we do this? Ultimate Hulk Annual Number 1. No shoes, no shirt, no pants, no service. Once again, written by Jeff Loeb. Womp womp womp. With art by Ed McGinnis and Dexter Vines and then Marco Djurjevic and Danny Mickey. With colors by Guru Effects. And letters by Richard Starkings and Comic Crafts Albert Tashinzi. Uh, so Devin. Yes, Luke? You know how we've been getting the members of the Wrecking Crew, except they work for Damage Control? Yes. Apparently they turned evil, because I don't think Jeff Loeb has actually been reading comics. And so he sends in Power Princess, a.k.a. Zarda, the Wonder Woman analog, to fight them. And she almost kills them until Captain America's like, hey, you can't kill people. She's like, make me. And he's like, uh, I will. Go and explore this wonderful, beautiful country, because you quit the Ultimates already. Once you explore this wonderful, beautiful country, you won't want to kill people anymore. And she's like, yeah, I doubt that. And she ends up in Kansas, where a diner refuses to give her half of the menu, which doesn't make sense for many reasons. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's called then... sexism, Luke. <laughs> Checkmate feminists? Only men get to have the second half of the menu. And then a nude Hulk comes in demanding food, but for some reason the manager, who likely would have heard about how the Hulk killed several hundred people in New York City, is not worried. Like, it's trying to be funny, but it's also... It was funny, Luke. Was it? Gavin, you're already making it seem like this is worse than the ultimate Captain America. I disagree. (laughs) I think it is. I hated this story. Because Hulk continues to get angry, so Zarda steps up to them. They start fighting. She punches him in the balls twice, knocks him out, drags him to grab clothes. And then despite not having a shirt or shoes, they are somehow able to get food at the restaurant, and then they have sex. Yo, Hulk wants pancakes, Luke. I I identify with that. I, too, want pancakes, but I don't think this was done well. It's like how people keep saying that Jonathan Hickman has heard of jokes, but he does not understand what a joke is. Or the art that it takes to tell a joke. I remember reading this when it first came out, and I thought it was funny. Well, now it's it's 2020. That's true. But childhood, Devin still thought. It's like, yeah. It's like, no, Devin, you tell Big Luke that he's wrong. You it's enjoyed a... this at age 16. <laughs> <laughs> Age 16 Devin also made a lot of poor life choices. That's fair. 
age 16, Devin had problems with hair care. Yes. <laughs> yes, please try and put that one on me. <laughs> uh, you had very dry scalp. Uh, all right. Well, I I don't like this. You're saying you don't think it's worse than the Captain Americas? Uh, no. <sighs> okay. I just reading this it was a lot of why 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 are you on this okay i don't want to put it higher than ultimate vision number zero all right uh how do you feel about it compared to uh spider-man and wolverine the ultimate marvel team up number one better uh yeah it's better than cry wolf so our new number 93, Jeff Loeb's highest ranked comic yes. on this is Ultimate Hulk Annual. No shirts, no shirt, no shoes, no shirt, no pants, no service. Yes. The boys of time bomb. And you're, you're cheering on that way too much, Devin. It's because I'm winning, Luke. Ah, what? Uh, up next, we have Ultimate Spider-Man number 118 through 120, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends by Brian Michael Bendis with, pencil, with pencils by Stuart Eminent, inks by Wade Von Goral Badger, colors by Justin Ponsor, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Hey, Devin, you know who got problems? Liz Allen. Also, like, every teen. Every teen got problems, Devin. That's true. Uh, but yeah, Liz Allen specifically... Has not been feeling well. And so when Johnny Storm shows up at the school to hang out with Peter and MJ and also to, you know, check in with Liz, who he thought that he had a spark with. Uh, things get complicated because he's like, oh, hey, Kitty is here. I know you from crossovers that we did. And then I and then Iceman Bobby comes and he's like, hey, Kitty, I want you back. And she rejects him. And Johnny's like, hey, Liz, let's have a moment. Let's go to the beach. Give me a second chance. And she accepts, and Johnny's like, hey, everybody else, including Iceman and Kenny, we should go to the beach. Beach party. And so after they hang out at the beach, they're chilling around a bonfire. Liz catches on fire and starts to fly. And Johnny goes after her. She absorbs his power. He falls into the water. Iceman has to save her. And everyone's Him. like, hey, Liz, you're a mutant. Him. What? Him. He has to save him. Oh, yep. I'm drowning. Yeah, so she's like, I'm not a mutant. And everyone's like, e yeah, you are. And then Johnny's like, oh, I got to go do Fantastic Four stuff. Sorry. And so everyone tries to This is when you find out that Johnny doesn't want to date a mutant. Johnny is the racist Ooh, one. you're on fire. And not from a medical experiment. Yeah. Got some Fantastic Four stuff. But I'll call you. Mm-hmm. 
So Iceman goes after her, also being a mutant, and Kenny's like, hey, Peter, you should go after her too. And Peter's like, what? And he's like, and Kenny's like, yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, I wish Spider-Man was here. Maybe you should go off and call Spider-Man. And I like the reveal that Kenny figured out Spider-Man's secret. I agree. Like, Kenny has definitely improved as a person. It was kind of a sudden shift, but also he wasn't in a lot of stories for a while. That part's fair. And uh, so he swings off and everyone's like, wait, did Kitty tell you? And he's like, no. And so Iceman and Spider-Man show up and try and talk to Liz, but she is not really ready to listen. And that is when Magneto shows up. Iceman and Spider-Man try and fight him, and they are easily kind of stuck to a wall by Magneto. And Magneto's like, hey, Liz, your father is in the Brotherhood. Uh, it's time for you to join. And she's like, uh, no. She goes home. Her mom finds her, and she's like, hey, who is your dad? And Liz's mom is like, oh, yeah, your Uncle Frank is actually your dad. I wanted to give you a chance at a normal life. And Magneto shows up and is like, hey, you gotta choose a side. And you know what they need for, to help her choose another side? What's that, Luke? People on the, from the other side? A canonically inaccurate X-Men team. Yeah. Because it's none of the new members, and then Colossus and Nightcrawler are there. And also Jean is there. Which, it's it's complicated. This is a time travel team, Luke. This is the, uh, yeah, Brian doesn't want you to have to read Robert's mistake. These are the people who you love. Nothing has gone wrong for them except Bobby is sort of a dumb jerk. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Liz is like, uh, fuck all of you. I'm going to leave. Magneto can't deal with a teen girl rejecting him, so he heads off, and then Mary Jane finds Liz in her backyard. Spider-Man comes over, reveals that he is Peter Parker, and Liz gets to connect a lot of things. Iceman returns to offer her a spot at the school to learn to control her powers, and she accepts, and then we get a flashback to find out that Liz's father is the blob. Because some women dig a chunky boy. Mm-hmm. And despite, uh, despite me being sort of glib about it, this is, like, an amazing fucking story. It is. Like, it's payoff for years of development and small subplots, and it's like, oh, hey, Marvel, this is what you could have been doing if everything that you did was, like, continuous and you didn't keep losing writers. And well thought out. Yeah. I'd put this at our new number one. Like, there's... Alright. There's genuinely, like, funny and heartfelt moments, and, uh... Payoffs are big. Uh, yeah, this is our first new number one since episode 14. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. And then last, we have Ultimate Spider-Man Annual, number three. Written again by Brian Michael Bendis with art by David LaFuente. Color by John Rauch and letters by VCs Corey Petit. 
and it's it's a bit more muddy than the previous one, but once it gets going, it's good. I agree. Because we get a moment where Peter and MJ are wondering if they should have sex, and then the next day at school, MJ runs away when she sees Peter, and Kitty and Kenny think that something is wrong. And then Spider-Man stops a car without a driver that had robbed a bank. At school, Jessica Jones, who runs the newspaper and who's shown up a few other times, uh, hears about the news and she wants to report on Spider-Man and to figure out who she and to figure out who Spider-Man actually is. And so at lunch, MJ comes to Peter and is like, hey, I'm trying to keep distance because I don't want them to be suspicious. And MJ asks what happened with the car. And it turns out that uh, after stopping the car, the police captain thanked Spider-Man for the help for once and then showed him the tape of the bank robbery done with gas and a mysterious figure named Mysterio. <gasps> and this is the fourth robbery. And MJ decides she wants to solve it and thinks that there is someone on the inside. We find out the person on the inside is Maggie, another cop who is working with Mysterio, but Mysterio now wants to lie low. Unfortunately for him, Spider-Man and the police come in. Spider-Man tries to punch Mysterio, but he got a go yeah, but he got a glowing gas head. In yeah, what do, you what do you think of the new look for Mysterio, Luke? Oh, I love Ultimate Mysterio. It's a very good look. I agree. As much as I miss Fishbowl Head. But we still mm -hmm. get him and all the greatness. That is the 616. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Mysterio explodes a building, telling Spider-Man they will fight when he is ready to, and Maggie gets arrested. Nobody gets caught up in the explosion, and Peter goes to talk to MJ and tells her that she was right. Maggie was helping to hack to help Mysterio. And then it turned out that Peter turned down MJ wanting to have sex, and now they're all kind of confused about it. Well, you and know MJ why, Luke. Why? There's just too much pressure. What with being Spider-Man, Aunt May, traffic snarls, political strife at home and abroad? Peter promises the second all those things go away, they'll have sex. <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh. But also she's worried because Flash broke up with Liz for turning him down when he wanted sex. And Peter's like, yeah, I'm not Flash, but I do want to marry you. When we graduate high school. Bam, promise ring time, baby. Wah, wah, wah. And meanwhile, back at the factory, Mysterio returns to get something. Uh, vows revenge on Spider-Man and then vanishes again. Oof. Yeah, and Ultimate Spider-Man Annual number three didn't have a title to it. So, uh, where do you think this one should go? It's it's good. It's not mm -hmm. super great. Uh, we currently great. have a hundred and thirteen. I I'm. It's definitely in the top half. Yes. Uh, I don't know if it's top quarter. Like that's around Fantastic Four Ghosts. Yeah, I'm not sure it'd be that high. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's as good as Venom. I would also agree. Not as good. Uh, how do we feel about it compared to Silver Sable? Mm, better. Uh, right above that is The Talk. 
which I don't think it has a lot of the emotional components to it, and also it does not have the spot. So that makes our new number 31, Ultimate Spider-Man Annual number 3. Bringing our list up to 114 episodes, and Devin, we got through this pretty dang fast. I agree. And Devin, I don't think we got any questions in this week. Oh. Yeah. I I forgot that we were recording until like last night at nine o'clock when you were like, Hey, are we going to do the Nick Cage podcast after recording? And I was like, Oh, oh fuck. Yeah. <sighs> That's yeah. fair. No one knows it's... what day of the week or time it is anymore. Mm-hmm. We're just all working remotely except for you, Devin. Yeah. Morning till I join you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, do you know what we're doing next time, Devin? Of course not. Guess. Some Spider-Man. Are you looking at the schedule now? No. Uh, yeah. We are going to be covering some more Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, as Omega Red returns. And then you know what else we're covering, Devin? X-Men? Nope. Ultimates? Ultimates 3! What the I'm incest sorry. is not even remotely just hinted at. Just straight out going for it. And that's when you realize, damn, somehow Mark Millar can be the subtle one. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Uh yeah, we are drawing ever closer to ultimatum. I'm going to give you the ultimatum. Pray for us. Pray for Mojo. Yeah, I've been rewatching Simpsons and I'm at the good seasons. I'm talking softball. For man from Maine to San Diego. I'm talking softball. Great Mattingly and Canseco. Mm-hmm. It, it's nice that it's like, oh, hey, we're having like fully fleshed out developments and also lots of small jokes that don't take away from the story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, we'll be back with that in two weeks. Uh, until then, Devin, where can people find you? You can find me online at Fred Event. That's F R E D D O F E T T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at, at Coldreg. That's K O L T R E G on Twitter. Uh, if you need something to listen to in this time of pandemic, uh, you should listen to Exile, the old actual play role playing game podcast that we did. I think it was good. Devin, did you think it was good? I do. Uh, and then. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, some new stuff in the works. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, follow us on Facebook at Multiversal Q. Follow us on Twitter at, at Multiversal Q. We'll share the episode and do other things. Uh, Zach, you are wrong about the animation for the Disney Clone Wars and Rebels series looking really bad. Stylized, you heathen. I agree. And yeah. I think that wraps us up. Uh, Have you, you watched the... Rebels then, Luke? Oh, no, I haven't watched Rebels yet. Oh. 
That's that's the one set during the third trilogy. No. That's Resistance. Oh, oh, no, 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 I watched Rebels. Yeah, I watched all the Rebels. It was very good. I told With them. everyone's favorite blue boy. Wrong. Except for James. James, who loves Thrawn too much. James hates Thrawn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so look for that. Uh, also keep an eye for the Nick Cage podcast that uh, we're going to be doing. Right after. Mm-hmm. For now uh maybe leave a review maybe consider back in the patreon and have a wonderful rest of your week don't get sick peace, peace. and catch on the flip mode <laughs>